Al, it's been quite a while since we last talked about this game, but we have new content to technically talk about now. Yep, we sure do. Because that's a thing. <laughs> oh, boy. Messy. Oh, boy. Messy indeed. Uh, hello, welcome to this week's episode of the seasonal anime checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Allen Ladium. Hello. This is episode 337. And I played through Final Fantasy 15 for some reason. You did? Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Even though I told you it was bad. I mean, it was free. It was free. I had you along for the ride, which made it a little bit better. Yep. But uh, that sure was a video game that you can tell had a 10-year development cycle. <laughs> <laughs> and this so, is after you played Pocket Edition, too. Yeah, I just, I love to suffer, apparently. Apparently. But yeah, I mean, we've talked about this game previously. Uh, we talked about it on episode 75, where we talked about <laughs> you playing through the game originally. It's so long ago. That is. Uh, we <laughs> talked about it on episode 93, where I played through Pocket Edition. Or if you want to go way back into the archives, we talked about a demo disc of it, or one of the demos of it, on episode 3. Jesus Christ, Final Fantasy 15 has been around for a long time in our, our podcast. I mean, it took a while for the game to come out, so... No, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. It, it came out, like, right around when we were getting really going with the podcast mm -hmm. so yeah i mean we've talked about this game a lot uh -huh. so we don't need to go down those rabbit holes and like rehash those arguments and all that sort of stuff if you want to hear all that those are those episodes are out there all you have uh, to know is final fantasy 15 still bad yeah um yeah. but the big thing i think we we did in this playthrough is that we went through the DLCs that come with the Royal Edition, which is the first three that they put out. Mm -hmm. There's a fourth one that I would have had to pay money for, and I didn't really feel like paying money for it, so let's nope. be real. Nope, so we didn't play that one. No, so we played through the the Gladio, the Prompto, and the Ignis DLCs. Got all that content. Mm -hmm. And now we can talk about them, because mm -hmm. they, are, they are different... Things they try and do different things than the main game in particular, you know, because you're playing as each of the other dudes in your party, so you have different combat styles, and these are different stories that they are going to tell because you know it's parts of the game where you had members just go off and do their own thing for whatever reason, so mm -hmm. we have to tell the story of that. Uh, before we dive into all of that, though, let's talk about the development of this DLC stuff, because there is obviously weird things that happened with this, of course. Yep. Uh, both free and paid DLC was planned as early as April 2016, with paid DLC being a necessity due to production costs. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, plans for DLC content were finalized by June of that year, with a small team working on it while the main game was completed. The main aim was to make players feel they had made a good purchase. That's usually how all things are. <laughs> uh, full production began after the main game was completed in November 2016. The DLC development was handled by Hariyoshi Sawatari, who took over producer who took over as producer when Tabata saw the game would not make its projected September 30th release date. 
Tabata continued to focus on polishing the main game while Salvatore created the DLC with a group of core developers, although Tabata continued to oversee their production. While having story-based DLC focused on each character may be perceived as undermining the main appeal of the story, Salvatore noted that the breaks give the breaks gave characters a chance to grow as individuals before returning to and strengthening the group. Square Enix insisted when the details were announced that the DLC was not content cut from the game itself, but original content to add new experiences for the players. Except for the fact that it's very clear that they were cutting out segments that they were like, hey, you can see what happened later. We talked about this when we were playing through the game itself, but like, it's very weird that when they did that big Royal Edition uh, version of the game, which had all the DLCs in it and everything, that they didn't just plop these into like the main story. Right, they didn't, didn't slot them in where they go. Or at least like just give you an opportunity to play those at that time if you wanted to. Right. But decided to, like you'd have to do it like on your own time, or like after, you'd have to manually go out and like, oh well, this character left and is back now. Now I can go play that DLC and see what happened, all that sort of stuff. It's very weird that they didn't try and do anything of that note. But again, with the stuff that we will talk about later, mm-hmm. it makes sense maybe why that didn't happen. But it seems uh, like a blatant lie that they're like it's not content cut from the game itself because there were very obviously gaps left in that. Mm-hmm are made for DLC filling that that up. Uh, let's go back here to development. Okay, sorry. No, you're fine. On the launch date of Final Fantasy XV, a day one DLC patch was released called the Crown Update. In addition to gameplay updates such as galleries and the ability to summon monsters to fight, CGI scenes from Kingsglaive and the Omen tra- trailer were added, and social media functionality was incorporated to allow pictures taken in-game to be uploaded on Facebook and Twitter. The content was the result of added development following the completion of the game. That Omen trailer is probably the coolest thing of Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, because you you think of it, you look at it, and you're like, is this Final Fantasy Versus 13? <laughs> <laughs> uh, following the game's release, Square Enix received feedback on aspects relating to its story content and a sequence during Chapter 13 of the main story where the gameplay style and difficulty shifted drastically. <laughs> to this end, Square Enix announced free DLC updates that would tweak the gameplay of Chapter 13 and add further story-based cutscenes to expand upon character motivations left unexplained in the base game. Uh, the planned DLC included two in-game item packs and three story episodes which featured Noctis' companions as playable characters and was termed an online expansion pack. The contents of the online expansion pack is offered alongside a co-op mode for up to four players titled Comrades as Season Pass content. No, no. Uh, the amendments to Chapter 13 and other late-game portions were released on March 28, 2017. In March 2018, an upgraded version of the game was released for PS4 and Xbox One as Royal Edition, and for Microsoft Windows as Windows Edition, which contains all <laughs> post-launch content published to that point, in addition to further story and gameplay additions. Uh, players who own copies of Final Fantasy XV had the option to purchase the Royal Upgrade to access the additional content, which include new narrative content, free roam sea traversal, an expanded in-game dungeon, and the Armager Unleashed ability. Why would you want an expanded in-game dungeon? Uh, you know. In response to popular demand, the team de- decided to extend DLC support into 2018, focusing on content to expand character stories in the world's lore. The new series of content called The Dawn of the Future would focus on creating a new storyline while tying up any remaining loose ends that players found within the story and storyline and lore. Planning for Episode Arden originated with the development of Episode Arden Prologue, a short anime feature detailing Arden's original fall released on February 12, 2019. An anime short was chosen as this format DLC as this format DLC was scheduled to end with Episode Ignis at that point in time. The anime short was produced by Satelite under Square Enix's supervision. 
Once the decision was made to continue the production of the DLC, the team decided to further explore Arden's backstory in a playable form. According to its lead staff, the aim was to show more emotion in Arden. More acrobatic gameplay from episode Ignis was incorporated in episode Arden. And during this period, production shifted from Business Division 2 to Luminous Productions, who worked simultaneously on the post-release content and their new IP. However, <laughs> due to structural changes within Square Enix as a result of Tabata's departure from Square Enix as well as Luminous Productions' decision to focus on the development of their IP, a final decision was made to cancel all post-release support and planned DLC by late 2018. Story material for the Dawn of the Future DLC has been since turned into a novel of the same name. So, of course, if you want to read up what they were going to do with DLC, it's all in a book. I I just checked I just checked the, the Wikipedia for that before we started recording, and it seems like also a giant mess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can read a little bit about this as well, because it kind of ties into all this. Um, the DLC's main theme was grand finale, with the aim being to provide a happy ending for the characters. The dark tone and exposition of episode Arden was intended to contrast with the lighter tone of episode Ariana and the last two episodes. The scenario draft written by the DLC's narrative director, Toro Osanai, was completed by March 2018. Each episode was being handled by different writers. Episode Arden and episode Aranea was being written by Koichiro Ito, who had worked on the playable trailer playable teaser PT, while episode Luna was being co-written by Osane, Tomoyoshi Nagai, and Yuichiro Takeda. Takeda, known for his work on the Xenoblade series, was also writing the scenario for episode Noctis. Which again feels like a weird... It feels like a weird thing, because like, the writing in this game in general just felt very patched together, and like it had been... A lot of people had had their hands on it. Yeah. So it feels weird to like do that again with just like a bunch of different DLCs. Just like here's a bunch of people writing these. Yep. Yeah, it 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 seems like I mean, sometimes you have too many cooks in the kitchen, and I think mm-hmm. that that's a, a lot of what Final Fantasy 15 is generally is too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think that's completely fair. I mean, a lot of games that have the development cycle or a very long and arduous development cycle like Final Fantasy 15 did where you know it starts as one game and becomes a completely different game altogether a lot of those kinds of problems are going to you know show up in one way or another right but uh, also like I don't know stop stop continuing those issues yeah I mean look you could have probably hindered a lot of those issues if you decided not to make this a giant multimedia story oh but the guy on reddit said that's how final fantasy always is and that people should <laughs> you gotta read all of the <laughs> you gotta read you gotta read the book and you gotta read all the books in the game and you gotta watch the anime and you gotta watch the movie and like sorry you're lazy all of it's available for free on the internet it's not the lore the lore it's like bro that's not how final fantasy works but whatevs but yeah it, it probably would have been a much better experience if they had just like focused on the game itself and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like But that's not how you, it worked. No, and you'd have to imagine as well, there's probably a lot of internal pressure within like Square Enix for them to be like, We need this game out. Oh we yeah. We need yeah, to yeah. put this game out now. hundred percent. Uh 
this is more about like the the cancellation stuff. Uh, during this period, the game's original director and later producer Hajime Tabata was losing interest in the project and wanted to go on his own path <laughs> without inconveniencing anyone. <laughs> and about that, buddy. Yeah. Uh, after internal discussions, Tabata decided to leave Square Enix and form his own studio. The company parted with Tabata on good terms, but the decision was made to cancel the second series DLC and end post-release support for the game. Which, again, was a very wild and weird uh, video or live stream they did. Oh, right. That was one of the most awkward things I've ever watched. Yep. Uh, at the time of cancellation, episode Arden was almost complete, and the other episodes were at various stages of completion or drafting. After internal discussions about what to tell the public, they finally announced that the remaining episodes were canceled. Episode Arden was released in March of 2019. Uh, despite the cancellation, Square Enix looked into an alternative way of releasing their planned story. The unfinished content was turned into a novel written for long-term fans of the game to provide closure for the project in its universe. Square Enix hired Emi Nagashima, who had previously written supplementary materials for Final Fantasy XIII and Nier Automata. Writing under the pen name Jun Aishima, Nagashima based the novel on materials from the Final Fantasy XV development team, including Osane's story draft. There were mixed feelings from staff about turning the DLC into a novel, including from Nagashima herself. Osane was worried about that the narrative would be destroyed by the format change, but he felt Nagashima succeeded in turning the DLC narrative into an effective novel. The novel adapts episode Arden and follows a scenario where Arden rejects his fate. The developers confirmed that the canon option was for Arden to accept his destined death. Death. So literally, this book is the canon ending. Sure. I mean, that's 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 what I'm reading here. <laughs> I mean, you had to get a book in there to complete the full like multimedia <laughs> pyramid or whatever you want to call it. We got the game, we got the anime, we got the movie. Now we got a book. It's, everything's here. We got it all. Um, hey, they did music for these DLCs. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know there was music in the DLC. Uh, well, here's the people who did music for these DLCs. Uh, okay. Keiji Okebe contributed Shield for the Shield of the King, an arrangement of the battle theme Battle at the Big Bridge, Episode Gladius. Uh, Naoshi Mizuto was responsible for the main theme and selected tracks for Episode Prompto. Yasunori Mitsuda composed three pieces for Episode Ignis, while others were con contributions by Tadayoshi Makino and Tomomachi. Tomomichi Takeoka. Uh, the base game's primary composer, Yoko Shimomura, compo composed Apocalypse Magnetis. The theme song the theme song for Comrades Choosing Hope was composed by Nobu Uematsu and sung by Japanese vocalist Emeku Suzuki. Yikes. Additional music for com Comrades was composed by Suzuki, Makino, Tsutomo Narita, and Tomomichi Takeoka, and Tai Tomisama for, from Makino's company Spin Sulfa. Uh, the music for episode Arden was co-composed co uh, co by Kenji Hiramatsu and anime composer Taku Iwasaki. And this is the only part of the episode Arden that I think would be interesting to us. Rap sections for the track Addition to Hate were performed by Lotus Juice. Nice! Um, Kenji Hiramatsu worked on Xenoblade. <laughs> of I, course. I I, no, I recognize that name. <laughs> no, it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think Taco Iwasaki is also like the dude who did uh, he did Battle Tendencies uh, OST. Really? Mm -hmm. So it's just it's just it's just Dinoblade cross JoJo for episode Arden's music, and Lotus Juice is also there. And Lotus Juice is also there. 
He's there for the battle tendency stuff as well, so it makes sense. Yeah. Well, now I'm interested to hear this condition to hate song. <laughs> I'm going to have to, like, look that up. Uh, reviews for these DLCs were not good. <laughs> what? This does not have a, a number for episode ignis, but on Metacritic episode, Gladiolus on PS4 got a 59 out of 100, Prompto got a 65 out of 100, and Arden got a 60 out of 100. Not great. Not great. Not great. Uh, also, so yeah. we were talking about the music for a second. Um, mm -hmm. I watched you do the entirety of episode Gladiolus. I did not hear a remix of Battle of the Big Bridge. It had to have been at that final boss fight. It had to have, but I like I love that song. You would think I would have picked that up. I also just didn't pay that much attention. I was focusing on the fight, you know. Clearly, gotta gotta focus up, <laughs> get ready. Uh, yeah, I don't remember really hearing it that much either. But it could have been weird audio mixing or something. I yeah, I was like, how much you change it so I didn't recognize it. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, let's talk about these DLCs. Um, okay. I think two of them are interesting. One of them is just there. Yeah. One of them has a nonsensical ending. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, but yeah, um, let's talk about the Gladio one first. Uh, he goes off on a on a little pilgrimage to test his strength against Gilgamesh. Woo! Hangs out with Kor. Yeah, he hangs out with Kor, who also had done this trial but failed. And now Gladio's here. He wants to try it and get stronger so he can protect Noctis, essentially. Uh, yep. It's basically, it's a very straightforward, it's a combat-focused DLC. The story is just whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, it's Gladio. He's, like, the he's the, the least likable main party member. So it's just automatically all kind of just like, eh. It's bad when you're the least likable when literally Noctis is there. Like, yeah, it's true. Yikes, my guy. But also, I was so mad because he made the same joke in both the <laughs> DLC and the main game. And I'm like, bro. The person who wrote that joke was like, this is great. This it's is really great. good. It's great. It's like, oh, God, really? Really? Uh, Yeah, like his, they, they, they do a little bit of difference for his combat style where like, if you block and counter you get you earn or like you gain more rage, rage meter and that allows you to do more damage and everything but like it's pretty straightforward and like very similar to what you'd be able to do with noctis or just like any action game mm -hmm. at all um hanging out with core was cool because core's okay he's a he's a decent side character i mean to be fair i feel like a lot of final fantasy 15 side characters are very inoffensive so yeah <laughs> there's that Gilgamesh looked very weird in this game. Yeah. But I feel like that's just, I'm just used to his like Final Fantasy V look in particular. So maybe it's just that, but it's just very weird. But yeah, it's, you know, he, you have Gladio, he defeats Gilgamesh, he gets a sword, and then he feels like he's stronger now and gets a big scar on his face and his chest. Mm -hmm. Although that's we were wearing a tank top, it. so we didn't see when the chest one happened. It's true. It's very upsetting, but not Isn't really. No. <laughs> uh, the Prompto DLC mm -hmm. is a little bit different because uh, it allows you to play it kind of as a third-person shooter, but also kind of not. 
Yeah, it's only but... only for certain weapons. It's a third person shooter. Other weapons, it's like it's just regular Final Fantasy 15 combat. Yeah. Uh, this takes place after Prompto falls off a train and goes missing. After Noctis Arden... throws him off a train. Yeah, Arden tricks him. And then Prompto, it's, it's very sad boy hours for Prompto. Big time sad boy hours. Big time sad boy hours. Uh, I mean, I'll give him credit for trying something different with, like, the shooting stuff. It didn't feel great. Right. But at least it was something different to, like, just change up the monotony of the combat in this game. So, mm-hmm. there was that. Um, Got to fight a weird giant monkey. Yeah, that monkey was weird. Okay. <laughs> so that was something. Uh, Aranea shows up, and she's cool, so there's that. You get a snowmobile? <laughs> there's a whole thing with a snowmobile where, like, you could do side quests to, like, level it up and make it better, but it's just, like, there's no reason at there's all no to reason do it. There's no reason to do it. The only reason to do it is just to pad out the DLC to make it last longer. Yep. That's it, which is yep. also interesting because, like, the Gladio one had, like, Nothing of that sort. <laughs> there was like no side content in that. Nope. But yeah, there's like a little side content in this to to upgrade your snowmobile if you want to do that. <laughs> Japanese games and uh having an open snowfield, gotta put a gotta put your character on a snowmobile. Yep. It's just the classic formula. Yep. Um this one was fine. Sad boy hours. Big sad boy hours. Uh like, the whole thing about Prompto, like, figuring out, like, hey, I'm not a weirdo, even though I'm, like, a, a clone now and all. I learned my backstory. This is whatever. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. It explains how he just shows up in the main game. He's like, oh, by the way, I can scan this thing. Ha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is not really addressed in the main game at all. Um, but also this one has a very strange ending because like he gets free of the oh right, right 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 yeah 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 he gets free of the facility kills his and dad and then yeah he kills kills well he kills himself sort of leaves Ardea in the snow <laughs> yeah he, he's a he kills his dad clone um and then he's like going off on the snowmobile to get to um. Like Gralia, and Arden is like on top of a mountain and sings that da 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 da, um, and then like it cuts to the credits and Prompto is crucified. Yeah, no mention of like why that happened or like how exactly. It ha- I mean, obviously he's, he got kidnapped again and yeah, obviously Arden here, but... Arden kidnapped him, but like I, I figured there would at least be some scene to explain the from point A to point B there. <laughs> Right, like, how do you go from riding a snowmobile to being crucified? I mean, that's what, a... they, that's what they said about Jesus as well. <laughs> oh, no, and, like, all cut up and stuff, like... Obviously, the explanation in this game, usually, if, if something's weird, Arden did it, but, like, yeah. I don't know. It would have been kind of cool to see how that happened. Because I think that was the thing we were, like curious about of like how did this happen and it was like nope we're not gonna tell you <laughs> well and i even said when we were playing the game i was like oh i'm pretty sure they tell you in the prompto dlc <laughs> no no they don't they do not they do not so yeah there's there's prompto you get to go pew pew pew, pew, pew. and be sad 
and then you get the Ignis DLC, which takes place during the big fight against Leviathan and Alticia. Mm-hmm. And you have to go rescue Noctis and Luna, or try attempt to, essentially, from all yeah. the bad stuff that's happening. Uh, this was probably the most interesting in terms of like what they try to do gameplay wise, because they like turned that map into like a where you could like take over sections from the the mm-hmm. Empire essentially, um, and do things like that. Uh, it was I'm probably sad you had a hook shot for like five. minutes. You had a hook shot, yeah, that was pretty good. And then they took it away. And they took it away. That was that was not so good. But by the time they take it away, it's kind of like they're going to lead you down a very linear path, so you. You really don't need it, but it is a kind of a disappointment. Yeah, but the hookshot um, was a good idea because that place sucks to get around. Yeah, 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 it does. So that was very nice. <laughs> um, Ignis's combat style is, is a little bit different as well because, like, you can have these, uh, you have these elemental daggers which you can do different things with. Like, you have them for fire that, like, is for solo enemies, essentially. Ice is for, like, you know, multiple enemies, and then you can use lightning to, like, dash back and forth to catch enemies who are far away and everything. Um, He's also very acrobatic. Very acrobatic. This is probably the most interesting story-wise the DLCs get. It feels like also, like, the most story the DLCs get. Yeah, it's definitely the most story, especially mm-hmm. since you have to play it twice. Well, not well, the, the, whole the ending twice. twice yeah. The ending twice. Um. But yeah, like a lot of this is like Ignis trying to get to that little area where Noctis and Luna is, and then he runs into Ravis, Ravis, forget Ravis. How Ravis, and like they start to team up. Even it's very much like unwilling allies, but we're gonna team up. And I, enemy I'm, of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Also, I'm going to turn my back on the Empire now because they're they're very stinky, and I need to save my sister. My sister. My sister. Um. Which I thought was interesting. Um, you have to fight him at one point because he, he gets very upset when he sees Luna's dead. And he's like, argh, angry. What if I just kill Noctis now? <laughs> and you got to beat him up and knock him into his senses. And then Arden shows up and is like, well, I'm just going to be very about all this. And then Ignis does not eat the king ring, which is very disappointing. <laughs> We both wanted to eat the king ring so bad. It was right next to his mouth. He could have done it. He but you see, like, it. you see how he loses his eyesight. At least they tell you that. Um, yeah, they do tell you that. Where he puts on the ring to gain some power to fight off Arden to save Noctis and everything. And doing so sacrifices his eyesight and everything. And then that leads into the rest of the game and all that. And you see, you get this little moment with him and Noctis near the end of the game and they recreate this handshake they did when uh ignis first met noctis and everything and then also kids yeah and then also they're like oh by the way there's a there's a secondary option you could choose at the end of the fight because there's like a there was like a a prompt that shows up like arden's asked like hey do you want to join me and there's like one option it's like Like, fight fight him off i was like okay and we're like why is there an option you don't have an option this is the only choice yeah um, but if you go back and do it again, a second choice pops up where you can, like, go with him, kind of, sort of. Play along. Yeah. And, like, it de- basically takes you to uh, Gralia. Gralia, where the crystal is, and you fight Arden there, and you put the ring on and try to use all his powers, but you gotta sacrifice yourself. Sacrifice. 
but you beat up Arden and you win, kind of. But then kind you're of. supposed to kind of you're supposed to die, but Noctis uses the crystal to, I guess, heal you, and then he goes into the crystal, and then the events of the end game kind of happen. But Ravis is there as well. He's alive. You're alive. You can see. Oh my god. His facial hair oh his facial hair is very bad it's so bad like he's only supposed to be like 38 so he's not supposed to be like a grandpa or anything but he, he just looks, looks like, like a he looks like he's going to be the next sid he really does like oh my god you have not aged well my friend yeah they, um, no one gets good facial hair when they age all these characters up no they do not but yeah like Presumably, you make the darkness go away, and then Noctis lives somehow, and everyone's happy. It's very weird. <laughs> and he, be yeah, he becomes king, and um, it there's this part like at the end where he like moves his mouth and saying something to Noctis, but there weren't subtitles. And I got curious, and I looked it up, and apparently, it's just saying "Your Majesty." That's kind of what I figured. Yeah, it would be. It's like, why wouldn't you voice that? <laughs> it's one line weird decisions all throughout this game let's say yeah yeah so i mean like that's 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 two alternate innings now where noctis can somehow survive yeah very weird very which, weird which i guess like if they were like the original plan was this for the be the last dlc so like this would mm -hmm. be it this would be right. your alternate ending but then they were like oh i guess we'll do more so in context, I feel like if they had done just those three DLCs and that's it, like that would make sense of like here's your alternate ending. But then you go and make another alternate ending on top of that. It's just like, oh boy. That you're now claiming is canon somehow. <laughs> weird, weird, weird. Very weird. Uh, you want to hear a description of the episode Ardent DLC because we didn't play that? Sure, hit me. In episode Arden, a prequel to the base game, Arden is revealed to have been imprisoned by Angel Guard for two millennia, or on Angel Guard, but for two millennia by his brother Somnus after the Astrals denounce him by absorbing the Star Scourge from victims. Arden's beloved, Era, Luna Freya's ancestor, was killed during the confrontation before Arden was sealed away. When Arden led an assault on Insomnia sometime after his liberation from Niflheim, he discovers that he was chosen. He was chosen by the Astrals to become a sacrificial vestige for the Star Scourge. He reluctantly submits to this fate in exchange for revenge against Somnus's bloodline. So there's that. Now you know all you need to know about this guy. So that's the same prison that you wake up in as Noctis mm -hmm. when he's 30. Yeah. He's still a very boring villain. Oh, yeah. I mean... That doesn't give me a whole lot of information at all about him, so uh, don't really care that much about him. <laughs> I don't really care that much to pay $5 to play this. No, absolutely not. For an hour's worth of story. Yeah, no thank you. Because these DLCs are also, like, short. I mean, they're also, like, I guess if, like, it's five bucks a pop for them, like, sure, Mm -hmm. But, like, they're both about, like, or all three of them were about, like, an hour, hour and a half in length. So, if you're looking for just, like, a ton more story or anything like that, you're not really getting that here. Only a little smidge. A little smidge. Why? Oh, yeah. Why? Why? Just why? 
Also, I've mentioned this before, but like with with adding in some of these like, oh, your ancestor or my ancestor were in love things, it's like, oh, we're getting real close to some like family boink and family territory, which I mean they just it, they knew how to get is, realistic with, with kings and stuff. With with <laughs> monarchy. Story, yeah. Yeah, no, it's fair. You're right. Still unfortunate. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, that's that's the DLCs. We played them. Yep, we sure did. They were a thing. And hey, they were free, so I guess I didn't lose money out on this. Yeah, yeah, you didn't actually pay for it. Like I played for paid for Final Fantasy fifteen. Actually, I didn't. My brother did. Oh well. Yay! Yay! But yeah, that's it. That's I'm assuming that's that is the last time we will probably talk about Final Fantasy 15 and in this kind of context. God, we can only hope, right? <laughs> Unless some one of us decides to be a sicko and read that book, but God, I hope not. Oh man! I don't you know, want I... either of us to go through that. Suffer. <laughs> Neither of us deserve that. We deserve better. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's it for this episode. That's it for DLC. That's it for Final Fantasy Fifteen. It can, it can go. It can go. Take a nap now. Take a nap. Go to bed. Go to bed. Put it to rest. Go to bed. But yeah, that's it for this week's episode. So if you'd like more from us, head on over to seasonalanimecheckup.com or sac.cool. where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Jared and Now Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Anime Checkup. You can buy our books, One Shiny Moment of Critical Analysis of Love Life, Sunshine, Hot Tubs, and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash SACOVA. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early <laughs> and a whole wealth of bonus content as well uh next week we'll talk a lot about unannounced video games and what's being shown for the first time and the second time and the third time or however many times it's been shown at this point uh because a lot of uh the the video game announcement stuff's gonna be happening uh, by the time you hear this, it'll be stuff will be happening, and then through the weekend, stuff will be happening. So, uh, presumably next week we will be discussing the Summer Games Fest, uh, Ubisoft, Xbox, Capcom's got a thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's about all we will be talking about, unless someone else decides. Like at the last minute, hey, but wait, we're, we're coming in. <laughs> we're coming in last second. Huh, huh. Oh no. Um, but yeah, presumably that's what we'll talk about because that, that'll still be a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, we'll dive into more games that have been announced and everything. So look forward to that next week. <laughs>